Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. We're building up, as you'll see, I'm doing a bunch of pre-recorded content in anticipation of our 100th episode of the Global Wellness HQ podcast. I'm really excited. And I want to thank everybody who's been on the journey with me. I want to thank my guests. I want to thank my viewers. I want to thank my strategic partners. And of course, I want to thank my family. Today's episode is going to be probably a little shorter than usual, but hopefully very, very impactful. And today I'm going to talk about the importance of a client onboarding experience. Now, for the record, this is probably not relevant to, say, a restaurant or a fast food place, but I believe it applies to most business-to-business -business type scenarios and definitely to more complicated business-to-consumer scenarios. And I'll explain that in a second. But the power of a client onboarding journey is if we understand the questions our clients have, we understand how to guide them, we understand where they're going to get confused or slowed down, we can create, and in fact, I believe we have a moral obligation to create a journey so that they understand what the next steps are, where they, where they are in their journey. So as an example, I'm going to use fast food restaurants. They don't need much of a client onboarding, but if you think about it in a big sense, they recognize that there are certain things that are going to go wrong. There are certain problems, mistakes that are going to happen often. And one of the things about a fast food restaurant is they put signs everywhere telling you where to stand, where to walk, where to line up, where to drive, where to park. The thing is, they have a very simple product. It's, you know, food served to you on a tray. They don't need a big, fancy, you know, Here's how to eat a burger. Most people understand that. But think about whatever your business is and think about the frustration or the complexities that cause your customers, patients, clients, whatever you call them, to disengage from you. So I'm going to give some examples. I'm going to share some things. And I will also share a one of my favorite resources created by Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer. He actually has a customer journey map. And my job here is not to teach you that because he does it very well. My job is to teach you why it's important. So I'll give some examples, but I want you to think about how do you absorb complexity and make it easy for people to work with you. And what I mean by that is a lot of people, especially you know doctors, they say, well, I'm in demand. People are gonna come to me no matter what. But the thing is, as a frustration, I hear this from doctors. They say, well, we did this, but the patient didn't follow through. The reality is 
the doctors sometimes, you know, and I've been to some great doctors who are really smart. They don't necessarily put it into the language I understand. So it's hard to be what they call compliant with your treatment if you don't fully understand it. So I'm going to say to you, if you're an expert of some kind, there are certain things, first of all, that somebody needs to know up front before they work with you. So what are their frequently asked questions? And you know, in the sales world, they talk about overcoming objections. I don't like an objection because if I wait until it's an objection, then it's a real thing I have to overcome in the other person's mind. Uh, whereas if it's a frequently asked question, I can answer that question and, and they can decide if they like the answer or not. So the very first thing I would say for everyone listening to this, I guarantee there are questions that people have about, you know, how do they decide to work with you? Should they work with you? What's it like to work with you? Sit down and think about the 10 most important questions that a potential client, patient, or customer, um, I'm just going to say client going forward, but what are the questions they should ask before they work with you? Or maybe what are the questions they do ask? But I guarantee I've looked at this across the board, almost any industry, rarely is there more than 10 burning questions that everybody asks. So if you're a, a car dealership, what are the top 10 questions you get asked? You know, make, model, mileage, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in the car industry, but I'm guessing there are certain questions people ask over and over. You know, what does financing look like? What colors can I get? How long does it take? How quickly can I drive my new car away? But think about whatever your business is and what are the hesitations, the questions people need answered before they say, hell yeah, I want to work with you. And this is one of my favorite things. Just brainstorm it with your team or take notes as new people come to you. What are the questions that get asked over and over and over? And people tell me, but Jeff, content's hard. I don't like creating content. Well, the reality is if you're trying to outsmart algorithms and you're trying to figure things out, you're going to have to do a lot of work. Whereas I believe, and, and this is my mantra, I fall in love with my client. So I love them enough, I care about them enough that I want to solve their problems. So for example, one of the problems my clients have is their clients don't fully understand what they do. They have weird expectations or they're just quite frankly confused. So I create videos to help my clients create videos. It's a little meta after a point. Um, but the reality is if you think about your perfect prospect, they have some questions in their head that they need answered before they even decide to work with you. So coming back to an onboarding process, if you do nothing else, you can stop the recording here. The number one thing is create a frequently asked questions document. Now I'm a bit of a smart ass, so sometimes I'll, I'll call it a frequently answered questions document because frequently asked questions doesn't help me as much as frequently answered. Um, that's a weird insight into my brain. You don't need to follow that. The reality is create your, your document and what are the top 10 questions anybody needs to have answered before they can work with you? You know, what assumptions do they need to get past? What myths do you need to bust? What just false information is out there? You know, 10 lies that 
you think you know about this industry, um, that is an easy piece of content to create because literally you can just ask the question and do it in video form like this. So for example, the number one question I get is how do I onboard my clients better? The answer is you create an onboarding process. Step one is a frequently asked questions document. So if you do nothing else, you would list out your top 10 questions, you'd brainstorm with your team and you'd agree what everybody would answer and what the best answer is. And then if you like video, you can just record a video like this and then you can transcribe it and create a nicely polished little PDF or physical printed book booklet um, that you can share with your existing clients and with your prospects and your strategic partners. And believe it or not, just that little thing adds enormous value because it can help people understand, you know, for example, what the deadlines are, what information do you need, give them a, a checklist. So that's the importance of a client onboarding. And if you just do that teeny tiny little thing, you'll eliminate a lot. And I'm talking about the Pareto principle. If you answer your top 10 questions, you'll eliminate something like 80% of your problems, your miscommunications, your misperceptions, and quite frankly, scope creep. So that's the number one thing is to sit down and think what questions does this person need to understand or have answers to before we work together? So that's the first piece of an onboarding is, hey, let's get to know each other. The second thing is to think about everything that you do. And again, I would say almost every profession, especially every, every service company, you can think about what are the steps somebody needs to take to be successful. And I've joked about this before, but literally before somebody takes the journey with you, they need to imagine what success looks like. They need to see themselves on the podium at the end getting their gold medal. So lay it out. And I'm a big fan of, of signature systems. That's part of onboarding is guiding your client from one step to the next step to the next step giving them bite-sized chunks so they can accomplish things, helping them feel that they've got some momentum, helping them feel they've made a bit of inroads and had some success. So create that roadmap of what does that success look like for the first project we're doing together. And again, you're the expert, so you need to triage it. You need to break it down into bite-sized chunks. Um, if there's a prepar preparation phase, what do they need to do to reach a state called prepared? And then once they're prepared, what's the next step you need to give them? And I always put things in perspective. Um, I like to have my first stage of a customer onboarding is discovery. You know, how big is the problem? How important is it? How does it impact us? So there's always a discovery phase. Um, and by the way, people always ask me, what's the best blank? And my answer is always, it depends. You know, if you're looking for the best shoe, it's not a question of which brand is best for you. It's a question of what's your build? What's your outcome? Uh, what do you need the shoe for? Are you a runner? Are you, you know, a professional athlete? Are you an amateur? Or are you looking for walking shoes to go up and down the mall? 
So that's the key is diagnosing where they are. Now, the next phase is the recommendation phase. And in that, I just share, here's the things I think we need to work on. I'm the expert. I'm going to tell you what you need to work on first. And I think that's the big thing. People don't share that journey. Um, if you are somehow impacting people's ability to live longer, live healthier, make money, um, survive in this world, they need the comfort of knowing that you know what the journey looks like. So second phase is always a diagnostic phase of some sort, sorry, recommendation phase of some sort. And then phase three is we implement. And that's a question of, are they going to implement on their own? Are they implementing with us or are we doing it all for them? So we always have three levels of implementation. There's a do-it-yourself, a done-with-you, and a done-for-you. Now, once we get past implementation, the next step is maintenance. We want to make sure they're, they're getting the result that we promised. We want to make sure they're staying on track. And then the fifth, and this is my favorite stage, is optimize. We want to look at ways we can anticipate other challenges they'll have. We can provide solutions up front rather than always being reactionary. So that's kind of the, the way I structure my customer journey, my client onboarding. And then of course, the next thing is how do we elevate them to the, the status of raving fan? And we have a stay in touch program. And basically what we do is we find ways to add value. We interview strategic partners, we share insights and ideas. Um, the podcast is a way we can add some value. And basically what we want to do is look at what's the next step in our relationship. And especially if you're one of those annual professionals where you just assume people will come back next year, you want to find ways to make it easy for them to come back. And more importantly, make it easy for them to bring their friends and their clients and peers and colleagues along. So the last stage, I think, and Again, this will evolve, there'll be more, but this is where we're at today. The last stage of our customer journey is how do we engage them? How do we earn referrals? So that is a full-blown client onboarding process um, and why we'd have one. But again, if you take nothing away from the video, just pause it here and sit down and write down what are the top 10 burning questions that your prospects or clients have and they need to have answered before they work with you. And if you just record quick little videos on, on those, you're going to add value to your clients because they'll say, wow, I didn't know that or I, wasn't, I was afraid to ask, I didn't wanna look stupid. But if you also do it in a platform like YouTube, it's easy for your clients to share and say, you know, I know you have this problem as well, here's a video that my person wrote or recorded for, for me, I'm happy to share it. So that's my view on the client journey. Find ways to make it fun, find ways to reward the next step taken, and find ways to add value every step of the way. And that is the difference between being a good provider who gets good referrals and being a great provider who gets great referrals. So I'm a big fan of relationship marketing. I believe that one of the most often missed opportunities is a good client onboarding experience. I hope that was useful. Please share in the comments below um, examples or questions. Thank you.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.